and welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And on this episode, it's just us, it's just me and you. We don't, I haven't done this in a while, but a mailbag episode uh, where we dive into your questions. Uh, uh, it's interesting. It, it, you get guests on so much and you hear their takes, you give yours. But uh, I, I, you know, when I tweeted out uh, that I was doing a mailbag episode, I was curious, like, what are you guys interested in? What do you think? And sometimes I read the YouTube comments. Uh, sometimes I do check out the YouTube comments, the nice stuff, the not so nice stuff. Uh, and that's always fun. You guys are funny down there. Um, but uh, I tweeted this out on uh, Wednesday night and uh, wanted to kind of get your questions, what you guys are thinking about. And what's funny is every time I tweet one of these, there's always that little part of me that's like, ooh, what if nobody answers? It's like, you know, when you're in high school, it's like, what if nobody sits with me at lunch, you know, or you're in you know, uh, elementary or middle school? Like, oh, God. Uh, but thankfully, you guys delivered as you always have and always do and hopefully always uh, continue to do. Um, so I got your questions and uh, we'll a I'll answer them. Um, again, this is being recorded prior to Thursday night's game. So I don't have any takes for you on that. But fortunately, I think we're recording a, a couple podcasts on Friday. Um, and we will get back to just a programming note. We will get back to the regular schedule of Bruins beat next week. Uh, I was away last weekend. The weekend before was Christmas. So the the schedule of Bruins beat has been very spotty the last two weeks. I promise it will go back to normal uh, with it coming out Tuesday and either Thursday or Friday uh, of next week. So you can look forward to that. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you just need a little, little break. Uh, but uh, we are back, back in. Um, so anyways, let's dive into the questions. I don't want to hold you guys up uh, any longer. Um, so our first question comes from Connor Ryan. Why didn't you go to the M&M store in NYC like I asked? It's a good question, Connor. Don't know who this Connor Ryan is. Uh, but uh, NYC was great. I'd never been before. Um, saw a lot of the city. Saw the World Trade Center. Uh, saw the Empire State Building. Wall Street. Uh, different sections and neighborhoods. Uh, I did go to Times Square the night before New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, I stayed the hell away from Times Square. It was still a zoo even the night before New Year's Eve. Uh, so, uh, yeah, New York City was great. Finally went. I know it's been an ongoing thing in this podcast. I'd never been in New York City, and that's done now. So we'll have to find somewhere new that I need to go see. Um, recommend some places. YouTube comments, tweet at me. What should my next venture be? Uh, maybe outer space. Maybe outer space will be the answer. Uh, Frank the Tank Enjoyer says, thinking, I'll get back to you. Oh, well, I, Frank the Tank Enjoyer never got back to me with a question. So hopefully, maybe he'll make the next mailbag. Maybe he'll make the next mailbag. Um, uh, all right. Anyways, uh, let's get into the real Bruins questions. I know people are like, get on with it, Evan. Get, stay on track. So I'm trying my best to stay on track. Um, and as always, before we dive into the Bruins, uh, Bruins questions, uh, this podcast is brought to you by FanDuel and our good friends over at HelloFresh. I love both. Uh, you love both. On YouTube, you can see the, the promo codes. Uh, so anyways, let's dive in. Uh, Clark Stewart Event says, where do, he asks a couple questions. He says, where do you see Matt Potter playing when he gets back from the World Junior? Also, any word on Derek Forbert and his return? 
JVR money for money or dollar for dollar might be the best signing of the offseason. And do you think Sway will sign soon? Six times six question mark. So let's break that down into the four parts that it is. Uh, where do you see Matt Potter playing when he gets back from the world juniors? Instinctively, I would say third line center, right? That's the, that's, you know, or, 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 you know, you'd have Zaka coil and Patra as your three centers, but they've won four straight with geeky in the top six. Uh, we'll get to geeky more later. I don't love the idea of geeky being a top six center. Uh, you know, if this team is to really contend, but he's looked solid at five on five and there's something there. Is it, you know, is he a coil or Zaka caliber center? No, probably not, but there is something there. Um, so I don't want to see Patra on the wing. Um, that's not what I would love. I think for his development, I think his two way game is really strong. I think he's better down the middle. Um, so again, it kind of comes down to where does he fit now? Maybe you go back to, you know, JVR coil and Frederick, and then you move Patra in, um, up where coil had been playing before. And you move him in with guys like Marshan and DeBrusque, um, and, you know, you try to see if that works out. Uh, but that, again, that's a, that's a lot of line juggling. It's funny because Patra left when they were starting the stumble uh, and now they're not. <laughs> the Bruins are are good and they seem to kind of be finding their groove. Um, so again, I don't, I want to, I, I want him down the middle and I don't want him on the fourth line. So you want him somewhere in that top nine down the middle. Um, you know, maybe you move geeky back to the wing. Uh, Zaka's looked solid on the wing though. That's the other thing is like, I think I've liked Zaka on the wing, him and Pasternak work well together. Um, you know, uh, so again, I, I'm, I don't know. I think it's somewhere in that top nine, uh, in, in, you know, down the middle. I think that's sort of the biggest thing. Um, and I, and I, I talked about this with Hags a little bit on his last podcast. I don't think we're going to be looking back going, man, the world juniors, what a mistake. Bruins never should have sent him. I think it's fine. Like I, I I do. And I think it's a big deal. It's a big event, you know, let him go. Um, any word on Derek Forbert and his return? Well, I don't have any new inside information. Unfortunately, I cannot be, uh, I cannot be Adam Schefter on this. Um, I can only tell you what Montgomery said recently, uh, saying that, you know, he's still a ways away. He's not day to day. At one point we gave him five days off and it was doing well, but the nine games in 16 days, just repetitive demands on the body. It's come back and we're going to give him a little extended time to try to nip this for the rest of the year. Uh, I'm fine with that. I, I, you know, I don't mean to be like Mr. Pro Bruin, but like give him as much time as you need. Uh, you know, we'll get to low ride Grizzly them in a bit, but like, it's fine. It's the middle of the season. You're in first place. Give him the, the rest he needs because when the playoffs come around, if you want a deep run, Forbert does fit the mold of a playoff defenseman you want in your lineup. Um, you're not the fastest, not the most skilled, not the best puck mover, but he's big. He can shut things down. He's good on the PK, all those things, physical. Uh, and I think you do need that in your lineup. Um, so I, I, uh, I, I think I don't have any, anything new for you though on Forbert's return. Um, JVR dollar for dollar might be the best signing of the offseason. And uh, so, yeah, I agree. One year, 1 million for Van Riemsdyk was strong. I mean, you think about uh, back then during free agency, and there was a lot of outrage from Bruins fans about, oh my God, why aren't they 
immediately replacing Bergeron and Krejci, I, like you couldn't <laughs> with the overages, with the lack of cap space. Also, the other thing is in free agency, and I've talked about this before, in free agency, you're most times you're not looking to re, you know, find a, a, a pillar of your roster. You are simply looking to get value guys, um, adding a piece here or there. You know, oh, we need a second pair right shot defenseman. Okay, free agency can do that. Uh, we need a depth score on the third line. Free agency can do that. Um, where free agency typically misses and teams swing hard and miss hard is, oh, my team needs a number one center. Let's go get a guy in free agency and hope he can be that. The good, the best players get re-signed. It's so rare that a guy like Tavares or Goudreau hit the free agency market. It just doesn't happen that often. You look at the crop of free agents, even in 2024, and there's not many who are, you know, could hit it. Who I mean, obviously you have guys like Elias Lindholm. Um, but you don't have that many that are franchise changing. Um, and Van Reem's like to me, like for one year, one million, even at the time. Even if he was producing half of what he's doing now, I mean, he's fourth on the Bruins in scoring. Uh, and I think he's like number one in primary assists at five on five or something. I saw Scott McLaughlin tweet like for what, you know, I agree. I think he's the best value signing in, in this in this crop because he's been a guy that whoever you put him with, he's produced power play playing. I mean, again, like right now uh, or, you know, the other night he was, you know, Frederick was in the middle. Uh, of Van Riemsdyk. So like he's producing with anybody. And I think he's such a good passer, such a strong passer. Um, so I, I agree. I think, um, I think Van Riemsdyk has been a, a phenomenal value signing and he's going to be getting a payday next season. So uh, enjoy this while you have it. It's like the Bergeron and Krejci uh, contracts of last year. The NFL season is wrapping up. And there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 
4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Do you think Sway will sign soon? Six times six. This is a great question. And someone else asked about Swayman signing. And I think, oh, someone asked me in my DMs. They slid in my DMs. They they got right on in those DMs, down in the DMs. Um, They got in there and asked about Swayman. So this is an interesting topic because it's one that we have not touched on much this year. Um, Because again, it's the middle of the season. He is under contract. Um, you know, signed that he had to go to arbitration, signed the one year, uh, three, I think it's 3.745 million dollar deal, uh, in the off season. Obviously, worth a lot more now, and he was even then. Um, I was of the you know, again, they didn't have a ton of cap room this off season, so you did have to do that. I think in a perfect world, you would have locked Swayman up to a Oh God. Um, somewhere in the four or five year range this past off season for four million, four and a half, maybe five, uh, and kind of hope that he lives up to that and that looks cheap when the end of that contract hits four to five years down the line. Obviously, they really couldn't do that because of the salary cap. So now they're gonna be on the hook for more. Six times six is not crazy. Um and I, you know, it's funny. I I pulled up um, goalie contracts on uh, Spot Track to see, like, okay, well, what are other players making? Um, Connor Hellebuck right now is making eight point five million a year. I don't think Swayman's at that level yet. Uh, Soroka is making eight point two five million a year. I don't know if he's there, but like Philip Grubauer is making five point nine. Elvis Merzlikens is making five point four. Uh, Tristan Jari is making five point three seven five. Darcy Kemper five point two five. This is just per year. Um, Matt Murray signed 6.25 per year, which is awesome. Or this was, uh, oh yeah, he's on that current contract now. Um, he's getting for sure. I think over that's over those players has to, I mean, he's better than almost all of those guys. I just mentioned Grubauer, Merzlikens, Jari Kemper. I take swimming over all those guys. Um, and I, his camp is going to make that argument and they're right to do it. Um, I think the Bruins counter argument. It's an interesting one. Is Linus Olmark makes five million. Now Linus Olmark, uh, you know, signed that deal in 2021. So again, it's a lot has changed. Uh, when Linus Olmark goes to sign his deal next offseason, he's going to make a lot more than five million dollars, especially at I think uh, 27 years old. Um, or is he 27? I got to look this up. It says on here 27, but I feel like he's older. Maybe I think he's older just because Swayman is young. Um, oh, Linus Olmark is 30. Linus Olmark is 30. Swayman's, uh, Swayman's 25. They signed Olmark when he was 27. Excuse me. Um, sorry about that. Uh, anyways, I do think that that Olmark thing will come in, into play. We're like going into next year. If both goalies are still here, if they don't trade Olmark, which surprisingly, I don't think I got one question about trading Linus Olmark, which is incredible. But we've talked about it so much that I think we've you, you know my position on it. Um if you go into next season, can you have Swayman making more than Olmark? I think it's a real question. And I think the Bruins, if they don't deal Olmark, are going to maybe try to make that case. Now, a fair price for Swayman is six years, six million. Like, I, I think that's a very fair deal. 
I think he has the case for even more because he is clearly a, I think a future, you know, definite number one starter in the NHL, you know, a guy that, um, you know, can platoon. Now the question is like, what's he going to do in the playoffs this season? I think that's sort of the last shoe to drop thing to understand with Swayman is like, what are you getting out of him uh, in the playoffs? So again, right now, like, I mean, Hellebuck's contract he signed in 2018, which again, years ago now, was six years, six, uh, 6.166 million. And that was back then. I like, I know that was back then, but I, I would expect Swayman to come around that. Like, and I think he more than earned it. Um, you know, is Swayman going to move into the upper tier of Sorokin and Hellebuck's current contract? And like, you know, is he going to touch Bob Rofsky? Like, I don't think so. Sweeney's usually very good at re-signing his own guys. So, you know, so again, I think it's going to be somewhere around that six years, um, you know, six, six and a half million. That would be my guess. And he's worth it. I, I think he's, he's proved he's worth it. I think he has the, I think he has the mentality to be a very strong goalie, whether he's playing, uh, you know, 45 games a year or 55 or 60 games a year. I think he has a good mentality. That's why I am, a, I want to see the goalie tandem work in the playoffs, but I also want to see him extended in the playoffs. I want to see what he has um, come postseason time. So, um, I, again, I, I that's where I stand with the Swayman stuff. I'm curious to get more into that with like Connor and Ty and Connor Ryan and Ty Anderson. If you've heard of them, maybe you haven't. I don't know. Maybe you don't know who these people are. Um, but I am curious to get back into that. So yeah, Swayman, uh, six years, six six and a half. That would be my guess. CJ Kelly asks, do you see the Bruins not making any major moves at the trade deadline and instead waiting until the summer so they can see how this roster does in the playoffs? What do you think will be Patra's first game back? Well, first, Patra was, I just saw on Twitter at practice on Thursday. So I'm curious to see if they use him against the Penguins. Um, I, 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 there's no word on that yet. So again, I'm recording this in the after early afternoon. So I don't quite know the answer for that to you yet. Um, your first question, do you see the Bruins not making any major moves at the trade deadline uh, and instead waiting until the summer so they can see how this roster does in the playoffs? I think that's the smarter move. I don't think definitely no major moves. I don't, you know, again, unless, unless a player, it's like a Taylor Hall deal where Elias Lindholm says, I only want to go to Boston. I will, you know, then okay. Like then maybe, but I, I to me, I, you don't have the assets and you've got, you cannot, you can not keep giving up future assets. Uh, the only way that I'm fine with them giving up big future assets is if you get someone in return, who's going to be a long-term part of your plan. If you can get Lindholm and then re-sign him or, or sign him to a, you know, a long-term deal, then it's okay. Right? Like then that makes sense. The Hampus Lindholm trade, right? You get a guy you know, you deal off uh, firsts and prospects, but you get a guy back who you would hope to draft in the first round, a long-term potential top pairing left shot defenseman. So I don't see any major moves at the deadline. I'm with you, CJ. I want to see how this roster does in the playoffs. I do want to see, uh, and maybe that's because my expectations for this team were not cup contenders. Uh, I do want to see a guy like Patra in the playoffs. Uh, I want to see Johnny Beecher. I want to see Lil Mason Lowry. I want to see these guys uh, in the playoffs. And I want to see what they look like in the playoffs post Bergeron and Krejci. I think it's a real question. You know, 
what it what are, you know remember coil and zaka were terrific last year in the top six uh, against florida early in that series what will they be like i, I think charlie coil is playing the best hockey of his career right now i uh, let me say that for the record like i think charlie coil is phenomenal right now point production's there uh two-way game is there just everything i think he stepped in i think he's been awesome um so I want to see this roster in the playoffs and I want to see the goalie tandem in the playoffs. I know Felger disagrees with me on this. I know that uh, many of you out there listening might disagree with me on this. I want to see it um, because maybe that's just left over from last year of like, come on, you know, that was your chance. Um, but I, to me, I just go back to, um, I, I, I don't think, and the other thing is the future assets. You can't keep giving up future assets. And you need to find a way to get firsts, you, you know, I, I, and, and, you know, uh, Joe Haggerty and I talked about this on Wednesday, like, yeah, you know, it, it's great that Lowry and, and uh, Beecher and, and Patra uh, and Lauko and guys like that are graduating to the big club. That's awesome. But you do need to replace those guys in the, in the prospect pool. Um, and uh, you need to bring in, you need an infusion of high-end talent. And I think that getting back into the first and second rounds uh, would help you do that. The question is how, uh, but yeah, I don't think any major moves at the deadline um, CJ, I do not see any there. Um, uh, someone asked, and I got to get there at, at Rye underscore guy 35 said with Grizz being lackluster and low Rye clearly making an impact on a second stint with the team. Do they keep him up? I've liked Lowry in his second go round. I was not as big on Lowry in his first. I thought his defensive game lacked. I thought he, um, there were some issues there in his own zone, um, defending the rush, things like that, that you do need to figure out at the NHL level. The offensive confidence was there. The puck moving abilities were there. It was just kind of what I just mentioned, the D zone stuff. Um, I've liked him a lot more as I said, in uh, in this second go-around. Uh, and I, you know, I, I agree. Grizzlick has not been his usual self. You wonder how much, whether it be trade rumors or his future uh, is kind of hanging over him. You never know how much that affects a player, especially a guy who, uh, do you guys know Matt Grizzlick was born around here? You know, he's, you know, he's from the area in Charlestown. Um and again, him and McAvoy have not had the impact that they've had in past years. I've liked Grizzlick with Shattenkirk on that third pairing. Uh, but the question is, again, when Forbert comes back, if you have Lowry in the lineup and he is fitting, you don't need Grizzlick and Lowry in the same lineup come the playoffs when you have heavy teams and you're getting beat up. Like, you just don't need that. Um, and again, I think Lowry is on that upward trajectory that Grizzlick at, at the moment doesn't seem to be on. Um, so yeah, I think they probably do keep Lowry up unless, um, unless his defensive game struggles and then it's kind of like, all right, dude, go play a ton in Providence and, you know, we'll see you back later in the season, but he's been great. I, I you know, again, the offensive stuff is always there with him. That's never my, my worry. I don't worry about Lowry offensively. Kid used to be a freaking forward. Like I, <laughs> and he's. He's fine, uh, but it's defensively, and I think it's been better, and I think with McAvoy, um, I'm curious to see how that pairing evolves. It's funny, a lot of times, and I fall in this category too, you know, a D pair will go together for a game, or a forward line will go together for a game, they don't play well, and it's like, oh, they don't work! And it's like, well, they just need time. Like, you look at Kevin Shattenkirk, and Montgomery mentioned this the other day, like, 
Monk, uh, Shattenkirk was rough at the beginning of the year. He came from Anaheim where uh, there were a lot of defensive problems. They played a man, you know, played man coverage uh, in the D zone, which I don't know why that team is not good. You don't, I think you only play man when your team is nasty and you're better. Like you're you're winning every matchup, but that's what they did. And they weren't very good. And, you know, now he's in Boston and it took him a little time to adjust. And now he's adjusted. He's scoring. He's, you know, fitting in better. Some guys take time. Some guys take time. So that's why the low ride McAvoy pairing, um, you know, uh, intrigues me, intrigues me going forward. Um, so that's my answer on that. Uh, Slimed Cheese, which is a great name. Slimed Cheese uh which is uh which is a funny at uh at slim thick dumper which is a <laughs> great twitter name uh asks is montgomery's forte of benching the kids in big moments of concern to you for their development this i could do a whole podcast on and we've we've spent a lot of time with this so i don't want to go on and on about this but maybe i will maybe i still will i am fine with jim montgomery benching Georgie Merkulov in the third period um, right when he comes up from Providence. I am fine with, in a game against Dallas or Toronto, uh, shortening the bench and going to Coyle and Zaka down the middle and using, you know, the lines and D that you trust most because you got to get two points and it's an important win. I'm fine with that. Like, and I, and I think you need, and, and, and in the NHL, you need to earn the right to, play in crunch time <laughs> the best players play that you know it's not always the young guys and again if this Bruins team was middle of the pack or god forbid like bottom 10 yeah I'd say throw Potra out there in the final minute of games throw Merkulov out there you know like put Lowry in front of the net uh when you're defending a lead and it's six on five sure like go do it but they're first in the Atlantic and they are trying to get points. They are trying to win. And they are also, they are also trying to get guys like Coyle and Zaka ready for those crunch time moments when the playoffs come around. Because those guys, when Bergeron and Krejci were here, they were not always the guys out there. Now they're the guys. And you need to get them ready during the regular season. Now they've had their ups and downs. They obviously have had some problems. I'm not saying Coyle and Zaka, but the whole team has had problems defending leads late in games. I get that, but you do need reps at that. And you know, Montgomery's going to go with the guys he trusts. Now, in a game against like Arizona, who I know is better this year, but they're still the Coyotes or at teams that are not as good, uh, I would like to see some of those younger guys get out there in those, you know, final, the, the Ford F-150 final five and different parts of third period. But I get that, you know, the NHL is about winning games. I get that. And I understand that. And I, I agree with it. Um, you know, this is, this is a team that the Bruins are doing their best to try to have a bridge year, but a bridge year where they win. So you're getting those younger guys like Beecher and Lowry and Patra and Lauko and Dorstein in there and low, you know, I, I don't even know if I mentioned Lowry, Lowry, like all those young guys, you're trying to get them reps, but you're trying to win games too. And they're doing that so far. It's kind of like the, the Ben Affleck picture that it just released I, unfortunately Connor Ryan's not here to uh to comment on this he will soon but it's sort of like uh the Ben Affleck picture of him holding the dunks where he's like trying to hold it all together like that's sort of the Bruins like you're trying to hold this weird season together where you are getting young guys ready for the future 
uh, and and getting them reps, but you're also trying to win games. And it's like you're holding like, you know, you get your 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 uh, dozen donuts, you maybe got a couple breakfast sandwiches, you have a couple coffees on there and they're in the styrofoam container. So it's like steady, but not really. And you're like holding it and hoping it just doesn't fall over. Uh, and it hasn't fallen over yet. It hasn't. It's not like the end of the Ben Affleck sequence where he always drops everything he has. Um, but uh, I, I, to me, again, I think, uh, you know, that's them. They're holding it together right now. And I don't I don't see them dropping it. I don't see them dropping it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that little analogy. Um, we'll do more of those. We'll do more of those. I'm, uh, I, I'm not going to get off on the Affleck tangent because you guys are going to be um, annoyed with that, as you should be. Uh, Daniel McKay asks, if the Bruins had to, what enforcer style player would you like the Bruins to acquire? We have lots of tough guys, but there's definitely the lack of a big dude who can hurt people when they mess their top players. Uh, and then he asks, what teams could give the Bruins trouble in the playoffs? Uh, so I'll answer the first one because I'll answer both, but the first one I'll spend a lot of time on. Um, there, you know, obviously Lucic was supposed to be that guy. Uh, he is not that guy and shouldn't be that guy going forward for obvious, obvious reasons. A, you know, an enforcer style, it always goes back to Tom Wilson for me. And I know people are about oh, hey, Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson can contribute offensively. Now, the contract he got in the offseason was ludicrous. Do not spend that on anybody like that. But you do want a guy like that on your roster, a guy who plays on the edge, who, you know, again, it's he's not dropping the gloves every game, but he is a threat. And he is someone that is going to finish his hits. He is going to make defenders be a little more hesitant when they're going back for pucks. And he's going to contribute offensively. That's the kind of guy you want. Now, obviously, you're not going to go out and get him at the deadline. He's signed long term. The Capitals are um, are uh, are contending. Uh, I saw the Capitals, by the way, on Friday night when I was in New York. They're playing the Islanders. UBS Arena, by the way, gorgeous facility. Um, what exactly is Alex Ovech can do outside scoring goals? Like, I, again, I saw him one game, and that's the one time I've seen him in person this year. So, again, I, you know, forgive me. I haven't seen every Capitals game. But, my God, like, <laughs> there's not much going on there outside of scoring goals. Um, and he didn't score any and didn't really come close scoring any on Friday. Um, but, geez. Uh, but, yeah, that's the kind of guy you want. Now, it's hard to go out and get that um, because you need guys who contribute. It's a different NHL now. You know, your fourth line right now is Lauko, Beecher, Steen. Ideally, you probably that would be an area where you would go out and get a veteran guy who can play in your bottom six, who can contribute. You know, like that's what you need. You're not I don't think anyone who could play in your top six that can do like what a Tom Wilson can do is gonna cost you too much. That's too coveted. Everybody wants that guy. You've got to find the guy in the bottom six who, you know, as I said, can be a positive influence on a guy like Beecher uh, and Lauko and, and you know, be able to pass and shoot. Like, that's really what you need. I don't have any names for you off the top of my head on this. Um, so, again, I'll get, I'll get back to you on some names um, on that. But that's what you need. That's what you don't need the goon. You don't need a goon. A goon is not going to detract someone, but you do need someone that, as I said, can can do all those things that I mentioned. Team-wise, for teams that could uh, cause fits for the Bruins in the playoffs, 
Florida, by the way, is number two in the Atlantic right now, four points behind you. Um, now, again, you, as of now, you would not face them um, in the you know in the first round. Uh, I look at a team like Philadelphia as the first wild card doesn't really scare me. Um, just because again, I I know they're they're doing really well this year, and you know they've got you know a guy like Couturier who's difficult to play against, but they're not a team that I'm overly worried about New Jersey in the second spot and that second wild card, which is who you would play right now, by the way, um, kind of does because New Jersey has the talent. Now in net, I don't know what they are doing. I, I'm not a fan of their plan in net. It doesn't make sense. They needed goalie so bad, but they have, they're, they're making their kicks at the can. This is the beginning of that core of Hugh, the two Hughes brothers and, and, uh, you know, he sure and uh, and 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 those guys. So they're sort of where you were a little bit in the mid 2000s, uh, mid to late 2000s. So they're a little scary in the sense that they've had that, you know, they are they've been in the playoffs um, and they are in those early stages. You know, can they win a round? Can they be the 2010 Bruins beating the Sabres? You know, I don't know. So that's a team that would uh, scare me a bit. Uh, the Islanders are boring, but again, they typically find ways to win. So that's one. Uh, the Rangers have everything. I'm like, to me, that's a team that, you know, they have the goaltending. They have uh, firepower up front. Panarin, Zabinajad, Chris Kreider. Um, you know, they have uh, a good solid decor that again, like you got a guy like Truba in a playoff series, like, can you can you imagine how much Bruins fans would hate Truba even more in a playoff series? Uh, and again, I don't. It's not. Uh, it's not looking like you're going to play them in the first or even the second round. Um, but again, that's a team that I think the Rangers do have what it takes to go deep. It's just like, are they mature enough on the back end to win multiple seven game series? Um, and then again, like I like. People always look at the top teams as like, oh, you know, and the Rangers are a top team right now. But like Carolina struggled uh, for parts this year, but they're knocking on the door. Um, you know, you look at a team like Tampa. Tampa's a you know, a uh, one point out of the playoffs as of Thursday afternoon. And again, they're a team that, uh, you know, I, that that's had a lot of success and that could, that has a lot of playoff pedigree. Like what if you face them in the first round uh, as if they're a wild card, um, if the Bruins fall to second in the Atlantic and they end there or third and play like Toronto, that's another one. Like Toronto did win a playoff round last year. So you do have to take that into consideration. So I know that was kind of everybody, but to, this goes back to the bigger point. I've said the whole time, I don't view the Bruins as this powerhouse Stanley cup contender. I don't view them like that. Other people might national people might, because they just might look at the the standings and the points and guys like that. But like they have holes, uh, you know, again, their advantages in net. If Swayman and Olmark are able to successfully alternate the net and dominate the way they do during the regular season, the Bruins will be a cup contender. Um, and if they can score, have supplementary scoring that can win games three, two, four, three, two, one. Yeah. They'll go deep. But if, if one of those things isn't there, you're going to have a tough time. So 
Um, that's why kind of why I'm wary of everybody. And maybe it's just the the side effect of last season. Like, oh God, you know, everything's scary now. Um, but again, that's where I, I go to on that. Uh Rob Plowinski, who has a cute dog as his uh as his profile picture, says, Is Freddie better at center than on the wing? I would rather Frederick on the wing. Um, I think that he has they've uh, sort of grown him into that. Uh, I think his game is is good when um you know my take on it is you can do a little more physically, be a little more physically imposing on the wing as a center, and not to be like Mr. I'm gonna explain hockey to you, hockey 101, you know, coach Evan, you know, we're gonna we're gonna diagram everything up, we're gonna diagram some plays. Uh, I, my take on it, and people might disagree with me on this, is when you're a wing, you can get more in on the physicality a little more. Um, you're not, uh, y- you know, you're not as concerned with every single part of the ice. When you're the center, you go everywhere. You go everywhere in the D zone. You go everywhere in the offensive zone. Um, you go everywhere in the neutral zone. Like, you are the guy as the center. You're, you know, you're sort of the straw that stirs the drink. So it's hard, I think, to then, you know, lay a bunch of hits and, you know, be the pest that Frederick can be. Um, So I would rather him be on the wing. And I think they have a lot of depth at center with Geeky and Zaka and Coyle and Patra and Beecher. And um, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Um, So I just I think he's fine on the wing and he's had success on the wing. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But again, and also, again, it goes back to like, he's been okay at center these past couple of games. So, uh, but again, I go back to keep him on the wing. Uh, Trigger asks, is Grizz playing his worst hockey this season? Yeah, probably. And I know it's not bad. I just, I, I was, I've been unimpressed with him and McAvoy, which is why he's in, why you would put him in the top four would be that pairing. And it just hasn't been there this year. So I would say probably, yeah. But again, there's a lot hanging over him. Uh, Boston Bruins watcher asks how many 40 goal seasons would Brandon Carlo have if Monty had the courage to play him at one C this is a great question I think if Montgomery doesn't move Brandon Carlo to the first uh, center spot goodbye get a new coach in here Montgomery out the door Um, could have a lot of 40 goal seasons they should do one game a year one game a year um, if a team, you know how, like in the NFL and even in the NHL, they rest guys, you know, like there was that game, the Bruins played the Capitals and never forget it. It was that 2021 COVID shortened season. Uh, it was against the Caps and the last game of the year, Bruins obviously were well in the playoffs and they played like their Providence Bruins lineup. They should do a game every year where they have like Brandon Carlo is like, as you said, first line center, um, uh, Charlie McAvoy, like first line, right wing. Uh, you know, put Georgie Merkulov as like your first pairing defenseman, you know, like go crazy. Let's swim in an Olmark play out, you know, let, uh, let position players play in net. They should do like an exhibition between, two, you know, local teams. They should do that. Honestly, they should do it just for fun. You know, maybe a preseason thing. Uh, but again, you don't want guys getting hurt. So that's a, that would be a detractor to that. Um, you don't want, you know, Brad Marchand in net, you know, tearing his groin because he's trying to go post to post. Uh, to stop, uh, you know, Jeremy Swayman one-timer. Uh, but yeah, he'd have a lot of 40-goal seasons. Brendan Carlo, you know, outstanding. He'd be great. Uh, Len Berkowitz asks, will the experiment using Geeky on the power play ever end? That decision looks awful. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I've been, I would rather Geeky not be on the power play either, but he's worked his way into being a legitimate player for them. Not 
power play. I agree as of right now. Again, if he if he continues to work, you know, if he starts bursting out on it, then my opinion will change. But I agree with you. I think, and it goes back to like, are the Bruins Cup contenders if Morgan Geeky or Danton Heinen are in that top six? Probably not. Probably not. Um, and, you know, maybe you can go into the playoffs with Geeky, uh, Coyle, and Patra as your top, you know, your centers in the top nine. And it's sort of like geeky and Patra's line are, you know, two a and two B fine. But I, I, I still, I, I don't know. I just, maybe again, like Fluto Shinzawa wrote this and I agree. If you're going to add something at the deadline, uh, which Ryan at Ryan J seven, 800 kind of asks, you know, if you're going to add something at the deadline, you know, do you, do you, uh, go for a wing because it's going to be cheaper. Maybe, maybe you put Zaka back down the middle. You put coil down the middle and you have Potter down the middle. And that's your one, two, three. And you go out and you add a wing. So you can do, you know, your wings uh, on that top six are then DeBrusque, Marshan, Pasternak, and person you go out and get. Hopefully I'm not forgetting anybody. Um, uh, so Ryan asks, would Sweeney trade Potter for Elias Lindholm, if the Bruins continue to underperform in the playoffs, will Sweeney be fired or will all the blame go on a coach again? Uh, would Sweeney trade Potra for Elias Lindholm? You know, Potra would get you a lot. Potra is a guy that you could package for a guy like Lindholm. And I think that's an intriguing piece. Calgary is going to be rebuilding. I don't think that's crazy to think. Now, I don't think they do it. I don't, and here's why. They have struggled mightily to develop center talent. They have. Uh, they had to trade for Coyle. They had to trade for Zaka. Um, you know, they tried with guys. There was Stanika, uh, obviously with Bergeron and Krejci for a long time. You didn't have to worry about that as much. Um, but I, I, to me, I, I, I don't think that happens. You finally have the guy. You finally have someone that is a top six caliber center that you drafted and you are developing. I don't think they're going to let go of that guy. Um, I, I, that's my personal opinion. So on inside information, I just don't think that they're going to do that. Um, if the Bruins continue to underperform in the playoffs, will Sweeney be fired or will all the blame go on a coach again? Um, uh, no, I don't think Sweeney will be fired. And I don't think it's going to go on Montgomery. Um, you know, last season was bad. That first round exit was bad. And it wasn't Sweeney's fault. Uh, you think back to that roster. I mean, if you want to put, and, and I have, you know, the years for Bergeron and Krejci of 2015, you know, post that draft to like 2019 as Sweeney's fault. Sure. Sure. You're more than welcome to. Um, and you're right. You know, like rough drafting and missing on picks and, you know, some questionable deals. The Rick Nash thing, I can't really put on Sweeney because, you know, he got, you know, career ended due to concussions. Like there's nothing you can really do about that. Um, but this, like even last year, you can't put on Sweeney, like Sweeney went out and like, it was a good roster going into the year. He added legitimate pieces. He put all the chips to the middle of the table. Like imagine like going back to last year, imagine if Sweeney said, Nope, I'm sitting on my hands. I'm not going to do anything or to go into the playoffs with the roster we have. And they were out in the first round. We would, everyone would be pissed, pissed. You'd call for his job. Bergeron and Krejci's last year and you don't go for it are you out of your mind this is different this is a different team this is different expectations I know they still are cup contenders in their eyes and they're playing like 
a cup contender, but um, no, I don't think Sweeney will be fired. They're still winning. I, you know, so that goes back to that. Uh, will the blame go on the coach? I mean, if they, if Montgomery gets out coached again in a playoff series, then yeah, there's a legitimate point there to blame him, but they're winning too much. Like, <laughs> like, Jim Montgomery, uh, you know, won the best regular season team of all time last year. Um, now again, I value playoff success more hundred percent. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that's more important. It's not, you got to win in the playoffs, dude. Like that's the biggest thing. I'm not saying this to Montgomery. I'm, I'm saying dude as to everybody. I'm referencing all of you as dude. Um, but uh, yeah, if he gets outcoached again, then yeah, there's a lot of blame to go around and the seat gets hotter. I don't think they fire him. They do not. I don't think they fired Jim Montgomery if they're out in the first round. Um, but again, the seat gets hotter of like, hey, you're all this regular season success and you aren't doing a heck of a lot in the playoffs. Like, let's go. Um, so that might be more of it. But no, I don't see Sweeney or, or Montgomery getting fired at the end of the season if things continue the way they are and they lose in the playoffs in the first or second round. I don't see that. Um, now, if they collapse in these last bunch of months, then it's a totally different thing. Um, and you've got to, you know, then the seats get hot. But, uh, you know, if they th continue at this rate, I, I don't see that being a thing. Um, I think this is the last question. Tom asked, how many Bruins Cups have been won and how many times they've been in the Stanley Cup final? Uh, Bruins have won six cups and they've been 20 times. Six of 20 is not good. Um, they got to figure that out. I mean, the Bergeron core went one for three, uh, you know, other cores went, uh, did worse. So, uh, yeah, six for 20, gotta be a little bit better there. Um, I think Bruins fans, that's a one that everybody will agree with me on. So that's that. I think we got everybody. We got everybody. I need a drink of water and it hasn't even, I don't think it's been that long. Um, but this is always fun to do. Uh, we'll do more. We'll do one of these later in the season um, and kind of get your, when things are a little bit changed up as the playoffs come around. Um, and obviously we'll have podcasts. Uh, Bruins beat will be out is twice a week. Poke the bears twice a week. Pucks and hags twice a week. Uh, everything you can find over at the Bruins ringside YouTube channel, which continues to grow, which is really fun to see. And it's fun. Cause I can, you know, we can see what you guys are saying, chatting back and forth. Um, so yeah. That's Bruins Beat. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, as always, we're sponsored by our good friends at FanDuel and HelloFresh. I'm actually going to make a HelloFresh before the game starts on Thursday night. Uh, I think it's either like tacos or like unfried chicken. So um, whatever I'm feeling at the time is what I'm going to do. Uh, but anyways, that has been Bruins Beat. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners are awesome. Thank you. Happy New Year. And uh, we will see you guys later. Teenage.